Digital Marketing Radio, episode 118. How does PR work in 2015? DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The big interview with David Bain Well, today I'm joined by an author, a speaker and a social media consultant all rolled into one. She's the co-editor of the leading PR, marketing and social media publication, PR Daily. Welcome to DMR, Becky Winchell. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Good well, to talk with you today. It's wonderful for you um, to have you on here. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Well, you can find Becky over at prdaily.com and I'll also link to her about page um, from the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. So, Becky, um, what's the difference between traditional PR and PR in 2015? So that's a really great question. And I think that there's not a lot of difference between the foundation of PR. That hasn't changed. PR has always been about building relationships with people that uh, are integral for an organization to survive. So you think that would include consumers, it would include partners, sponsors, um, what we like to call, especially in 2015, influencers, um, but those really passionate brand advocates. And so there's a variety of different methods. And I think the strategies have definitely been altered uh, throughout the years, but the foundation has always always been about those relationships and, and keeping the brand image uh, intact so that people can trust in that, people are loyal, and people know about the brand so that they're enticed to continue to buy. Okay, okay. so the, the, the underlying principles of um, conventional PR still apply, but the tactics um, in terms of implementation have, have perhaps changed a bit. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, and I think that there, the interesting thing too is that there's a lot of the ideologies that have a little that have altered a little bit too. Again, the foundations have always been the same. Uh, so, like like you said, it's just it's the same foundation is has been there and will I think always be there about building those relationships. But for example, one of the things that I've noticed is that there's a lot of talk lately about. Um, about we call them key publics um, in advertising you you call them audiences um, marketing you call them something a little bit different or just consumers uh, but it's the people that are going to be buying your product or listening to your services etc cetera, etc cetera. and um, in PR we once dispelled the idea of a quote-unquote mass public and the reason why we did that is because the, the principle is if you say something to everybody, then you will say something to nobody. Um, that your messages really have to be honed to specific demographics, specific self-interest. Um, and the interesting thing now with social media and everybody having access to information is there's, um, there's kind of a talk of is there becoming another mass public out of this? Or is there becoming a another public that we haven't really identified? And I personally side with the, I don't believe that there's becoming a mass public. But what I think is it's even more important to look past things like the demographics and the geographics and those kind of metrics that we've always used to classify people and look at what they really care about, um, the core of what drives them in their everyday lives. And that's another thing that's kind of changed PR along 
like we talked about a second ago with the strategies and tactics. So that sounds like then PR now is becoming focused on buyer personas and um, talking to an individual um, that you have in mind. Would that be right? Yeah. And I think the that social media too has flipped that around because we're now talking about a platform once was that once was broadcasting. So you think about something traditionally like commercials, uh, TV, radio, things like that. And that was a one-way communication. So um, whether it was a marketing and advertising or a public relations function, um, you're talking about getting your message from the corporation to the listeners. And now social media has completely changed that where it's a back and forth conversation. Um, and so exactly you're, you're having to hit those different personas and they're going to tell you exactly how they feel because social media has allowed them to do that. And so it's, it's drastically changed the way that we communicate but the point is still to build those relationships. So one integral part of traditional PR was to craft and send out a press release or a media release. Um, because it's so focused on individual relationships now, is the art of writing and publishing a press release dying and not going to be important at all in the future? Or is there still going to be a place for that? So we actually, uh, I actually was part of a panel uh, in California a couple of weeks ago at the PR summit, and we talked just about this. So it was really interesting to get an, another few um, professionals' takes on this as well, uh, both from the journalist side and from the public relations side. And I think really what we agreed on is that PR and press releases in that in that sort of sense is not exactly dying, but it's changing and it's evolving in a way that's really going to continue evolving and it's never really going to go back to what it used to be. And so I say that in the fact that, um, first of all, storytelling is really important and it can become a buzzword, but it's all about really finding, again, like we talked about a second ago, finding those, those interests and that quote, what you called a buyer persona to really reach people. You're telling stories that people actually care about. Um, and you're, and if you don't have a story that anyone would care about, then it's, then you're asking yourself why you would even bother writing anything in the first place. Um, I don't think that press releases as a function is ever really going to go away because you think of certain things like, for example, recall information. Um, there's specific information, for example, like a, a new update to a product that you have to get out. And that would still fall under those, but they're changing in such a way that every time somebody does something at a company or we have a new hire, it's going away from issuing a press release and putting it out on the wire to now having these kind of um, vibrant newsrooms that their consumers can go directly to and get that information. And they're starting to create a lot more content. And so the writing process is still there. And I think more than ever, PR people have to be good at writing and telling stories. But the traditional press release is kind of like a dry with the nice boilerplate at the mm. bottom, those are kind of going by the wayside. I mean, one service that I used to use a few years ago was PR Web, but mm -hmm. I haven't used them for a while. Um, is there still likely to be a place for that kind of service in the future, do you think? Yeah, but what I've noticed happening, and we actually published something on PR Daily in a 
believe it's on not the front page, but it's within our media relations section. So anybody listening to this, if they want to go to the media relations section, we published a recent survey about the popularity of uh, press release services and um, how users have uh, rated their quality versus their um, their proficiency, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that was recently conducted within the last, I believe, year or two. So that's, that's definitely current. What I've noticed is that there's definitely services like that. And I think they'll continue to exist because when you're talking about getting your message out, um, a lot of people are still turning to that, especially for like SEO and just generally getting those links out there and getting your information out and then starting to build upon that. But what's happening too is that we have other sort of um, other tools and resources. So you think we have, for example, Muckrack. Um, we have uh, Haro, which is Helper Reporter Out. Um, we have a lot of smaller uh, startups that are more mobile focused, um, perhaps more social media focused, that are trying to connect PR people directly with the journalist that you can still find on PR web or like a Cision, for example. But I think it's starting to kind of adapt the same style of social media. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually used um, a website just like Help a Reporter Out um, when I was starting out in uh, digital marketing radio a, a, a while ago. It was called Source Bottle, but yeah, a, a fairly kind of similar principle. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing service for finding people who want to be interviewed as, as well as the other way around for, 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 for getting your story out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's great because then, you know, instead of... I'm not saying anything bad about newswires per se, because I think everything has its place depending on whether it fits in your strategy and what your your entire strategy and your your campaign is with your organization. But the nice thing about these newer technologies or even what you're saying, you tried this out a while ago, um, and some of these have been around for, for quite some time, uh, is that it's really about finding those people who care <laughs> mm. and, and specifically working with them. Cause I think it's always been a thing, but social media has made it very acute that a spray and pray does not work. Um, it's kind of the same principle of talking to everybody means you're talking to nobody. Yeah. Uh, and so it's the same thing when you're spreading out a message to just so many people, I don't think it, it really heightens your chance of getting it picked up. But if you take the time and invest the time to research into somebody that cares, and then you spend a few more minutes crafting a pitch to why they would care, I think it gets picked up a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you find that one person who happens to be a significant influencer in the industry that you want to target, then reaching out to that one person, and if you actually manage to get that one person on your side and starting to talk about you as a brand, then that can perhaps be all you need because, of course, all the other sub-influencers within that genre will, will start feeding off that person and, and writing their own stories based upon that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the key is how do you actually reach out to that, that major influencer within that sector? Have you got any tips on how best to do that? Well, so I think it honestly depends on... Of course, it depends on who you're targeting. And so a lot of PR people will still target journalists. Twitter is a great place to at least do start your research or at least continue your research in doing that. Um, a lot of publications will have uh, author pages or they'll have the... Uh, 
uh, staff pages that will have, I know with PR Daily, we have that, uh, which lists our editors, it lists our um, regular contributing writers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of other publications have that as well. But journalists are actually the largest verified group on Twitter. I believe they're running at about 25% mm. of Twitter users are journalists. So um, the, most of them still prefer email pitches, but they're found on there. So you can start learning more about them, learning what they like, how they like it, and start kind of building that relationship. When you're talking about um, an influencer, what we would call an influencer, somebody perhaps that's a, a well-known blogger in, in the industry that your brand is or your client is, or if you're talking about a, a person with a large social media presence, I think it's using tools, and that would then turn to more like social media tools in order to find and, and figure out who they are. So, um, so briefly, like a, a way of doing this, um, I know last year we had a huge thing and it went everywhere. Do you remember the app Yo? And it was this huge thing and all you could do is like send your friends a thing that said Yo? Yeah, it, was, it rings a bell. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the silliest thing. and But it, it gathered, it actually gathered, I think, about 3,800 media impressions as far as headlines go. So people were writing about it all over the place. Um, Stephen Colbert actually talked about it on the Colbert Show, um, which is huge, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge piece of earned media because that's not an, you can't really have an advertisement yeah. with that, um, with him talking about it anyway. And what we found out what they did um, was they actually reached out to Robert Scoble and they they brought him in and they showed him how it worked and he actually put um, put a message on Facebook and then after that they strategically started targeting all these other social media influencers so they went to um, Twitter they went to Facebook they looked at social mention um, they looked at BuzzSumo they started using these social media monitoring tools to see what the conversation was and who were the huge uh, conversation starters, basically, mm -hmm. um, who were people retweeting, who are people referencing, um, who was getting a lot of, of people talking back to them. And that's how they found. Um, and with tech, I think it's, it's easier to find your, <laughs> your main people. But then it's, it's almost the same as you can use a lot of these tools. Um, or you can go natively on the site. So you can look at uh, Pinterest or Tumblr. Um, you can use, there's a great tool called Curulate, uh, which works with uh, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And it works on uh, doing uh, visual um, analytics for your social media post, but you can also kind of look at who's stacking up, who's got the big accounts. And from there you can start going, okay, are they in my, are they in my industry? And I think a, a caveat to that as well is when you're looking at these tools, whether it's a journalist at a publication, a blogger with, a, you know, a more new media approach to things, or just a person with a large social media following, no matter where that social media following is, um, I think that it's important to remember that it's um, the quality of the users and you want that quality to be high versus the quantity. Yeah. So I think some people get a little nervous when they see, okay, well, this person might only have 2000 followers, but if all 2000 of them really are into that niche, mm. it's a great fit. 
And so that's kind of a caveat to using these services to find the people that you need to target. I mean, you you, you said they're reaching out to Robert Scoble. Now, he's obviously massive in uh, the reviewing tech type um, area. But what, what kind of message would you actually reach out to him with? Would you just say, um, we've just launched this? Would you Would you care to look at it? Or... Is it possible? Is it, is it important to try and build a relationship with him before actually reaching out to him, actually telling him about what you do? Mm-hmm. So that's a great question because, and we've actually had this conversation, I think, within the last month uh, with with a lot of our people in our PR Daily LinkedIn group. Um, and some people were kind of advocating for, we call that kind of cold pitching, right? When you don't have a relationship yeah. built up before. And it happens and the success rate is is possible. I mean, there there is there are successes that will happen before you build a relationship, but it's always better when you build a relationship. I don't think building a relationship will hurt you in any way, shape, or form. And so I think all the time, if your choices are, I can build a relationship or I can't, <laughs> versus, okay, I don't have time and now I'm cold pitching, it's always build the relationship first. But I think whether or not you have a relationship or your cold pitching. The big thing is, and I think this is a really hard thing to do for any PR pro, as well as any communications pro, um, marketing, social media, brand managers, etc., is that a lot of times their pitches and their mindset is okay. This is how. This is what we have. This is the benefit. This is this is what we want you to do. Will you do it instead of turning it around and going, this is why you would care Um, this. We've seen that you like X, Y and Z. We think this would be something that your audience would care about. Maybe they would like to hear it from you. Would you like us to come in and show you something or would you like us to give you this so you can go ahead and try it? Um, and I think that some people are kind of catching on to that and um, they're they're kind of grabbing a hold of looking outward instead of inward. But I think that's integral to working with these advocates or what we call like brand ambassadors. And again, with journalists as well, because the value that you have to do in order to show that a pitch is worthy is to show why it's worthy to the person you're pitching it to. Mm. And in terms of reaching out to those people, you mentioned Twitter as being very important and also directly via email. Um, Are there any other styles of reaching out to people that are starting to work effectively? I mean, video, for example, where would video actually fit into the PR mix? So I think there's a lot of different ways, and I think it depends on the influencer, which is where research comes in so handy. So, um, for example, I don't mind being pitched on Twitter or at least being started to be pitched. I want those longer pitch still sent to my email, but it's a great way to break the ice. Um, I also don't mind if somebody is going to send me a LinkedIn message. I might regret saying that Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I do get a lot of spammy pitches and I never like those no matter what uh, platform they're on. But, um, or if, for example, if you're networking and I think for PR pros, they're always kind of on, they're always looking for these opportunities. So I think it would come 
you mentioned video. So it would come, let's just say uh, now Blab is out and Blab's the big thing. So let's just say you hop onto a Blab and whether you're watching or whether you're part of the actual broadcasting, um, if you're seeing an influencer, not, I mean, you don't really want to give the pitch while all these people are watching you, but maybe just kind of building that relationship and then immediately after connecting with them and saying, hey, I, I saw it was great talking with you. Right. Um, I'm wondering if I can talk with you more or, hey, I saw your Periscope. It's really great. I followed you um, and I, I'm doing this over here and I think you'd be interested because of X, Y, Z. And I think that's true for almost any social media platform. And when you start to find these people and you start to research them, you start to kind of feel out what they like. Um, some bloggers don't even really, it's hard to get their emails and you realize that they want it funneled through the blog, you know, yeah. through blog comments or through their social feeds. And so you kind of learn what everybody would like to do and then follow suit. It's 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 funny you mentioned actually LinkedIn there as well because um I'll accept qu quite a few different um connections from people that I don't necessarily know but um could be good um, relationships in the future in terms of um, networking opportunities but if someone then communicates to me and the first thing they do is just tell me all about what they do and um they don't even mention what I do and it's not personalized at all. Quite often I'll unconnect there and I just can't be bothered with it. Yeah. Well, it's horrible. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's weird because for some people they, I don't, first of all, maybe they do do this. Um, but I hope not. I, I kind of, people who do this, I wonder to myself, and sometimes I've actually asked people if they would go to a party <laughs> or go to a networking event and just interrupt a group talking yeah. and, and stick their business card in somebody's face and just start their elevator pitch, yeah. right? I mean, you wouldn't do that. Most people, I think 99% of people in communications in any way or business in any way, shape or form would say, that's a horrible, horrible networking strategy, Definitely. right? I mean, it's, but, but somehow that just loses translation on social media. And so I don't think that people understand that doing that or it happens a lot on Twitter. You know, they'll send you the, the automated spam DM, you know, or they'll immediately start to pitch you something that has zero relevance. And it's the exact same thing. as It's a virtual way of going to a party yeah. and being that person. And you don't want to be that person. <laughs> I, I was just um, interviewing Dennis Yu for episode 116. And um, he, he actually said that he goes to networking events with one business card and spends the evening talking to one person and forming that relationship. And then you never know where that's going to go. And he focuses on quality over quantity. And that, that's quite a unique, different, modern way of looking at it. That's And that's really, really powerful. There's been some PR pros that I've seen that I've been really impressed with. Uh, and they will reach out to you, for example, after they've... Uh, met you at an event or they've maybe been a part of a Twitter chat. Twitter chats are a great way to talk to, um, to other influencers because mm. uh, a lot of people that are and, and in specific things too, because there's a Twitter chat about almost everything. Right. Um, and so people have reached out after that. And, and the thing that's impressive is when a PR professional says, um, hey, I really enjoyed X, Y, Z getting, you know, looking forward to getting to know you. Is there anything I can do to help you? Yeah. I mean, just kind of a wide open sort of thing. And I think that establishes too, um, that sometimes, again, it's outward instead of inward, where 
where it's great if a PR professional can offer help. Hey, are you working on anything? Can I give you a quote for anything? Or has an, I mean, PR professionals regularly have an eye on trends and news because we have to. Um, and so in order, in order to really capitalize on it, on that, if you know that a certain journalist or a certain editor, we have some people do it with us, um, that they see a big trend coming and they know that there's a likely chance PR Daily is going to write on it. Um, sometimes we'll have PR pros send us something and say, hey, would you like this different take on it? We have a we have a quote, you know, or we have an insight or we have some numbers for you that we've gathered from our client. Um, if you would like to use them in your story, here you go, which that's great yeah. because that's actually helpful. And that's a way to subtly kind of insert your influence. And that way you're kind of priming. So the reporter is much more warmed up when you actually do have a pitch. Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses yeah. more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with software, I couldn't live without. So what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? I really like bundle post. Um, the reason I really like bundle post is so we're getting to the point where, you know, in the mad dash to create and then to curate content, it's just impossible to do it all and then still remain whole at the end of the day. Um, I keep referencing this, uh, this YouTube video by DJ Flula. Um, and he is talking about not being able to give 110% because it's not physically possible, <laughs> or he would be a a mud puddle or a poodle on the floor. And um, and the same thing kind of happens with PR professionals. I mean, we run kind of a crazy life and and we, we signed up for it and most of us wouldn't have it any other way, but there's only so much that you can do in any given day. And so a tool that can allow you to gather all this content, what's great about bundle posts is that they can pull from specific sources. So I like to pull from a lot of almost like an RSS feeder. Um, and I have the news coming from a lot of different uh, sources, a lot of different publications. And then you can put in your marketing messages, um, all pre uh, pre set out and everything like that. And then you can set your schedules in advance. You can start mixing them. You can, and then it integrates with like a, um, buffer, a sprout social, a hootsuite right. um, sort of thing for scheduling. And so it's it's a great way to take something massive and boil it down to something a little bit more manageable. Oh, you certainly make it sound appealing. And I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> tried it out before. So I'm going to have to do that as well. But It's really great. <laughs> so here's a slightly more challenging question. What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? I feel that there is a stack of those and most of them happen to be productivity apps slash uh, analytic apps. Mm. Um, those tend to come out a lot. Uh, I know that I know that I'm always this is kind of a cheater answer, but uh, I feel that every single time um, something comes out like Hootsuite just came out to uh, to say that they've adapted to um, Instagram. And now you can, it's not that they, the API allows you to schedule your Instagram, mm. but more that they'll send you a reminder to, to push the button to schedule right. your Instagram. Um, but it helps you to actually do that, which I've been meaning to do. So it's, it's more of the updates slash the analytics side. I've always been impressed when people can actually get the analytics sliced down because it's really hard. And I don't think that there's a, there's a one 
uh, one platform or one tool analytics answer. Because I think uh, there are so many different metrics that you're trying to make sense of and you're trying to put it in context. But then most of the time, it's not that I don't know Hootsuite or Sprout Social or Buffer or, or um, you know, Bundle Post or whatever we're talking about, but it's just that I haven't really taken a spin around their new features. Okay, so those are always on my list. So you, you mentioned quite a few social media dashboards there. Um, can you say that you prefer one of them? I usually use Hootsuite. Um, we use at PR Daily kind of a mixture of um, Sprout Social, Hootsuite, and Buffer. I think, again, it's really hard. They have some... I think it's almost like analytics where if you really need a multi, uh, I guess, multi-talented uh, solution, you kind of need more than one. Yeah. There's just really not one answer that will do everything for yeah. you. It's, it's not a sham wow. No, I mean, no, that's that, that, that's fair enough. I mean, there's so many bits of software out there and um, that try to do maybe too much and um, mm-hmm. don't try and be too focused. And um, I think if you get one piece of software that does something brilliantly, then th- that's fab, you know, because there's no problem with um, working with quite a few different things. And I, I prefer to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if it fits, because that's the thing too, it's it's better to do less, but do it properly yeah. than to just take on too many. And I think that's a lesson for anything. So that's a lesson for tools. That's a lesson for creating content. That's a lesson for doing your business. I but mean, blog writing. It's easier said than done sometimes though. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, let's move on to you. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, I think that that's a really tough question. Um, no I think it's here. a I think it's a learning curve for anybody to get past what we were just what we were talking about previously of of uh, stop looking to the inside and looking out. So I think it's it's almost a gut reaction when you start turning to social media or when you write that first if it is a press release or you write that few starting blog posts you know to promote a business or you're scheduling out now it would be uh you know promoted tweets and and uh maybe promoted facebook posts and things like that um it's i think it's a gut reaction to automatically start talking almost like you're writing you know the new uh i don't know the new hot marketing tool or the new hot Uh, potato chip in like advertising and so you write this like horrible copy that's all about hey look at us we're shiny and new and you know or you do something and um or you trend jack oh oh and you just you do it in such a such a spammy sort of way I've done that a few times and it's and it's definitely practicing what I preach but I think it's hard to get into a habit of automatically thinking outside of yourself and and it's hard because you have um at the same time, I think some of those mistakes that I've done uh, have been perpetuated by being stressed uh, to show results instead of pushing back and saying, you need to give me this amount of time and with and within these many months, I will show you that we will have some relationships built so I can show you how much it matters. Yeah. Um, that That's what I wish I would have done better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just about managing your time better, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That I always need to do. <laughs> I mean, it reminds me about what a lot of people say about email and that um, y- you should have a set time of day to 
review your email and answer email and then just go away from it and uh, and do something else. But it's it's easier said than done, of course, because every computer is connected to the internet anyway. Yeah. Well, and then it's connected to your smartphone, yeah. your smartwatch, your chip in your ear, wherever, you know, <laughs> your glass across your entire house. Um, I mean, pretty soon it'll just be in your brain. <laughs> so it's just a, it's just a constant thing. I think having access is gets really hard. It's um, a losing I've, battle. We should give up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never. No, I think it's, I think it's good sometimes to, to do that. And I think part of doing that too, I've noticed um, that sometimes I will shut off notifications or I'll just leave my phone somewhere else. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll turn it on silent and I'll, I'll have to walk away in order to just, because if you're constantly frazzled, I think the quality starts to just tank and then your effectiveness tanks as well. Absolutely. Do it by intention. <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Uh, ten quick questions. Just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So ready to go? I, I, yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliate or display advertising? Affiliate. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Oh, phone number. Website or app? App. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Both. I'm going to go with both on that one. (laughs) Local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. Oh, that was a struggle for some. You managed just the one both, though. Uh, And that was social subscriber, email subscriber, which is quite unusual because I would say that over 90% of people pick email subscriber. So why did you go for both there? Well, here's the thing. I think what we've learned actually just coming from PR daily is that a lot of our, a lot of our readership comes actually from social media feeds, which is interesting. I think people we've, we've uh, looked at our, our readership and we have a solid readership that is logging into the website every day and they sign up for emails. They sign up for our, um, we do a lot of Reagan events um, and webinars and training and, and everything like that to help PR pros. And we have a lot of subscribers, but we also just have that constantly top of the mind because people are on social media doing it. And so when we schedule out the newest stories of the day to constantly go out on Facebook, it's a reminder when it pops up in their feed that, oh yeah, I have to go check out PR daily for the day. And so a lot of those are actually referred from social. The other thing is, I think that they're it depends on your demographic as well. Mm. Um, I mean, we're learning now that, uh, you know, younger demographics don't even really like to use Facebook, but they want to go on mobile apps. Um, I mean, my, I, my 17 year old niece doesn't even want to text me anymore. Um, I feel horrendously old, but she'll Snapchat me all night if I go on Snapchat. So, I mean, it's just, it's that sort of thing. And that's why I say, uh, to, I mean, most people still think traditionally, and I, I definitely agree email subscribership, but I don't think we should ignore social. No, no. There's a lot to be gained from that. Okay. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? 
shoot, I thought you were going to give it to me to go on a vacation. Um, <laughs> well, you, you can spend on that. Just justify it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would definitely, some of that has to go towards, um, I would definitely be spending it on a solid, um, not to use a bu- buzzword, but like an enterprise, uh, an enterprise platform, including something that will let me research and let me pull up good analytics, not only for whatever strategy I put into place, but again, for the research equivalent. So um, maybe I'd be part of like the Adobe social media and marketing stuff that they have up. They have a pretty sweet connection. Mm. Um, so I definitely would do that. I would put aside and start picking out my um, advocates and my ambassadors and start going that way. Um, and then I think I actually I would try, um, there's a lot of people going more towards these events now as well. And so depending on my business, it, it all depends on what the business mm. is. But I would try to do not only um, some sponsorships uh, with live events, but some sponsorships with virtual events too. People are really wanting to hop into this, like what's going on now, whether that is, and that goes for almost anyone. So PR and marketing and comms and journalists and all this other, all these other professionals, you know, they're attending these uh, industry events. Um, you have them across the board, business people, marketing. Um, you have it for, you know, nerds and geeks attend Comic-Con. Mm. Uh, and then online, it's the same thing, but it's just in a virtual way. Or we look at Periscope and, and things like that. People want to be involved in what people are doing on a day-to-day basis. And I would look at sponsorship for those. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's great that uh, bigger brands are starting to really understand the value of sponsoring things online because it, it wasn't like that even just three or four years ago or so so it's 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 moving forward so quickly yeah exactly and um top, top secrets i've actually got a, a new sponsor for digital marketing radio that's going to be starting at next episode so i'm not going to share who it is um this episode so uh, you're gonna to have to listen to next week's one to find out about that Sounds good. I'm excited. That's my teaser. I I gave you a little lead in there by accident. You did indeed. You did indeed. It wasn't intended. (laughs) My number one takeaway. Well, Becky, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what would you say is the the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners, our readers, our watchers need to take away and implement in their own businesses? It is not about you. It's not well, about me, you. me. It's not about me. Well, no, or, I mean, yes. for anybody listening, <laughs> it's just not about you. Um, and that goes for, you know, you think about a good relationship and good relationships, the people put the other people first, which I, I realize ultimately you have to take care of your own needs to a certain extent. Um, but that's what a good relationship is. You think a good friend, a good, um, you know, uh, employee uh, brand sort of thing and also consumer brand, you know that they're going to take care of you on a customer service level um, or you know that they're going to take care of you with benefits and with a good company culture um, and listening to you. And so it's not it's not about you. And that that turns into content, storytelling, uh, how you pitch, <laughs> how you find influencers. I think that's that's really the number one takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it reminds me of uh, an old Zig Ziglar quote: um, "If you help enough other people get what they want, you know, you end up getting what you want." And yeah, exactly. it's um, all these the old principles are just um, great business tips. Yeah, they never they never age. They just 
They're like fine wine or cheese. Indeed. We're just bringing them over to 2015. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you've offered a lot of wonderful advice. So um, thank you so much. Um, thanks for thanks your time and advice. Uh, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Um, well, you mentioned before uh, to check out prdaily.com. Uh, we publish stories every day. <laughs> so you can definitely see what we've been talking about, what we're writing about. Um, I co-host uh, or I host Reagan Chat every Tuesday on Twitter. Um, that's PR Daily's um, official Twitter chat. And then you mentioned the about.me or just find me on Twitter at Becky Wacky. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I wasn't so sure about um, your um, or, or saying your about page just because um, I, I thought it was tricky to, to, to say or spell or um, I, I just thought I'll, I'll link to it from the show notes and um, everyone yeah. can find out about you from there. But uh, wonderful. Or like John Green says, look at the doobly doo. Yeah, the doobly doo. Yeah. <laughs> Thing below <laughs> all the link section. And I do spell my name kind of weird, but um, but yeah, they can find me there superb well yeah thanks again and uh, thank you dear listener for joining us as well um, if you like what you heard and um, really appreciate your feedback so just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes and please leave an honest rating and review um, it would be absolutely fantastic to hear from you and of course it would help to improve the ranking of the show in iTunes and finally I'm also hosting a brand new show live every Friday called This Week in Organic so just head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that but that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios and thank you again, Becky. Thank you.